Well, I want to share something tonight. I want to share a message called Hold That Dream. Hold That Dream. How many got a dream in your heart? Something you've been dreaming about, not daydreaming. Well, daydreaming could be part of it. You've got a dream in your heart. Well, you need to hold on to that dream. Isn't that right? Because dreams don't just come about easily. There's always a fight to hold on to a dream. And I just want to share with you some simple keys tonight, something to help you. And uh, I can remember, even before I was a Christian, having dreams, things I wanted to do. One time I dreamed about making rockets. And I made them too. I made some good rockets. Taught in a high school and we went down. And I had, for the first time in my life, I had access to an engineering shop. and I could make a really good rocket. I got one up nearly a mile in the air. That was, that was a great, oh, it was fantastic. Oh, that was good. You know, you get into trouble today. You'd probably be thrown in jail for just about. But I had a dream. And I went to university. I had a dream of going to university. I noticed about that dream of going to university, there were a lot of obstacles on the way, a lot of difficulties on the way. Most, the biggest difficulties were people and circumstances. I want to just share about holding that dream, share with you just a few simple things in the Bible. I want to encourage you to think and dream and hope again. And if you have a dream, to persevere till it comes about. Do you have a dream of having finance? Well, you need to hold the dream and do some things. God wants you to dream. I was in a uh, first year at university. Uh, I remember it was uh, quite a challenge for me because I had teachers that told me I wouldn't make it and I didn't want to show myself. But I wanted to finish. I just wanted to give it a go. I determined I would come out the other end with a degree. He had about 400 in the first year's class. And then the second year's class was down about half. The third year's class was halved again. Finally got to about the fourth year. We were down to about 20 people. And I was still there. Still there. Still going. Still winning. That's fantastic. But on my first year there, I was, uh, we had chemistry, maths, and physics. And I remember sitting there. I'd sit you know, about a third of the way up. And there was a... I looked down there and... About two rows from the front, there was this, this lovely woman. I'd sort of look down. And she'd sort of look around. Then I found when we got in our chemistry class, our surnames were very similar and started with a C. So we were just right opposite one another just like that. So I was able to get to know that beautiful woman and took her out eventually. And that very first night I took her out, I had a dream she'd be my wife. The first night, this is my wife-to-be. Hey? Now, it took a while. It was about seven years before I finally got to the altar. But we did. Had a lot of difficulties on the way. So you have to learn how to hold a dream and not let it go when you've got disappointments. They'll come. But hold the dream. You've got a dream, haven't you? Shine got a dream? Yeah, good on you. You hold that dream. It'll come about. You've already had to hold it. It's been there a long time. <laughs> Here it is on the way. So right now I'm living part of my dream. I've got a lovely, beautiful wife. and I've held on to her all these years through thick and thin and ups and downs, highs and lows, and, and I still love her. See? So you have a dream. You need a dream. Your dream is your future. Isn't it interesting in the book of Acts how the first thing that Peter said about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is he said this, that when the Spirit of God comes on you, he said, he's quoting Joel, he said, he said, you'll have visions and you'll have dreams. Now, I want you to think about that. He didn't necessarily say you'd speak in tongues, although people speak in tongues when the Holy Ghost comes on them. This is what he said. You would come into a realm in the spirit of having dreams and visions. 
In other words, you'd enter through being baptized in the Holy Ghost into a realm of experience. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is an experience, a gateway experience that gets you into a realm where you can see possibilities you've never been able to see before of things that could happen you've never been able to see before. He said, you'll prophesy, you'll have visions, you'll have dreams. And what he's saying is more than just you'll have a prophecy over someone. He's saying, I'm going to expand the boundaries and possibilities of your life and make them unlimited. How about that? And so God wants you to experience the realm of the Spirit where dreams and possibilities become a reality for you. And we have to learn how to develop our inner man, and then how to steward a dream that God gives us till it becomes a reality. So I wonder what things God has given to you, what seed idea, what seed of greatness, what seed thought He's put into your heart. You know, here's the thing, that your dream is your future. If you have no dream, you're just at the mercy of everything that's going around. So I want to just share a few simple things about it and, uh, and just encourage you to hold that dream, huh? hold the dream. In Genesis 37 and verse 5, there was a young man, probably about 17, by the name of Joseph. And the Bible says, he dreamed a dream. God put something into him he'd never thought of before. He's the youngest boy in the family. And as he's reaching out, and no doubt he's worshiping and beginning to build a, a young relationship with God as a young man. And he's got a lot of brothers in the family and the brothers all hate him. So he's the youngest, he's the favorite, he's the spoiled one, and he's hated by his brothers. And in the middle of it though, God gives him a dream. That one day he would be a leader and a ruler. Have you had a dream from God about your future? what you could be? What could you be? What's possible in your life? Well, you haven't seen it yet, but it's in your dream. And your dream contains the possibilities that God has for your future. And as we partner with God and walk with God, then our dreams become prophetic pictures of the future. You need to see your dream clearly and see yourself in your dream. How many got a dream of preaching the Word of God? Some have got it, one or two. Well, I know when Dave was having that same dream, he used to come here when the place was empty and stand and begin to speak and see thousands. It's no coincidence that over the last couple of years he'd been preaching to thousands, but there was a dream that was there for years. Think about it. You see, the dream you have in your heart that you hold, if you will hold it and work at it, it will become your future reality. Everything starts with a dream. Starts with a dream in the heart, a possibility. Possibility of being a pianist, possibility of being a musician, possibility of being in finance, possibility of being in government, the possibility of being in media, possibility of being able to do something no one else has done before. Like I was just watching TV and I saw a picture of a 16-year-old girl who went round the world. She had a dream. 16. To, to, to take a boat, a sailing boat, around the world at 16. Can you believe that? And she's done it while you weren't even thinking about it. She's on TV. Her life will never be the same. She'll actually have a wealthy life ahead because at the age of 16, I don't think at 16 she did it. I think she was dreaming about that for years. At 16, she did it. 
And of course, there's controversy around it and all this kind of stuff. And there's people who are disagreed and agreed and all that kind of stuff. But at the end, I saw as she came around and she had had months at sea on her own. That's a, not an easy change. And then she comes in and all those boats out to meet her and all those thousands of people out to meet her. Her dream has been fulfilled. Oh, that's a great day when your dream's fulfilled. So you need a dream because your dream is your future. So you need a dream. So first thing then is we need to have a dream. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. Your dream will focus your life. If you have a dream, I was talking to a young, uh, a young person today and uh, talking about their life, and they can't save any kind of money. And I said, do you ever think in the future that you would like to have a lot of money and like to actually be in a position where you can give generously? They said, oh, yes, I'd like to do that. I said, well, here's what you would need to do. You need to have the dream, and then you've got to start working that, and this is what you do. I said, I'll give you one of the simplest keys to make that dream come, for, come true. And here it is, and I gave her a key to that dream becoming true. Think about it. See, your dream is your future. Your dream will motivate your life. In Proverbs 29, it says, without a prophetic dream, without a prophetic picture of your life, you miss the opportunities that go by. I wonder how many now are missing opportunities that go by. Think about it. If you have a dream and it requires money, you'll watch every cent you've got. You'll cut down your expenses. You'll do everything you can to manage your money. Gradually, your money will accumulate towards your dream. But if you have no dream, you, just, you know what? You'll have no money either. Think about it. Anna, Anna's not always been the greatest at saving, but my goodness, tomorrow she's off on a trip overseas to Europe, and she's going to be three weeks there doing the dream of her heart that she's had there for years. Isn't that fantastic? And she saved up all the money to make it happen. She had a dream, and far bet you were saving and working, keeping everything all quiet and clear. Isn't that fantastic? And now the dream being fulfilled. See, so your dream, what are you dreaming? Do you have a dream? I want you to ask God to begin to start to put a dream in your heart, and these dreams that we have, sometimes they come direct from God, but often they're already in your heart. Now, I'm going to do a series on this a little bit later from dream to destiny. And I want to talk about the process that gets you to where God wants you to get. But you think about this. The Bible says this. It says that before you were born, God wrote out a plan for your life. Think about that. Before you were born. See, before Adam came into the earth, God had a place for him and an assignment for him. So when Adam was, came into the earth, when Adam was created, God had a place to put him and an assignment, something for him to do with his life. So listen to me. God has a place for you to be and an assignment for you to accomplish, and then he brings you into the earth. And he knows exactly the right place to get you born, right family to get you born, right circumstance to get you born. But he's got an assignment for you. And your role in life is to connect with God, discover your assignment, and then begin to walk in it. Now, how would you discover your assignment? I'll develop it another time because I just want to stick on holding your dream tonight. Now, how do you define, how do you find what God has called you to do? There are two ways. And actually, they work together. Here's one way. God tells you. How about that? You get a picture. And I found with God's pictures, you never quite see it clearly at the beginning. It unravels as you walk into it. But here's a second way that you can discover the thing God called you to do. It's by the desires of your heart. There's God's put something. You think about this. If God had a plan for you, he must have had some way that you could identify what it was and get into it. Would that be right? He wouldn't just leave you so you got no hope. So how, what would he put into you that would 
cause you to begin to start to move your life towards the way He's designed you. Even if you didn't know God, you'd start to move towards the things He'd planned for your life. Very, very simple. Number one is desires. He puts desires in your heart. Now, if your life is crushed down and you can never explore what's in your heart, the deepest desires and longings of your heart, you'll never discover that plan. You'll never discover that destiny. You have no dream. Another thing is passion. The thing that makes you come alive, the thing that you get, oh, get passionate and excited about and come alive in, now that must be something to do with the dream God's got for you too. The things that get you really upset, you really want to do, someone ought to do something about that. That's probably something you're called to fix. Think about it. So whose responsibility is it to get a dream for your life? Well, you can't live someone else's dream for your life or you find you get to the middle of your life and you're on the wrong track completely and you'd be resentful that someone else managed your life, probably because you wanted to please them. Sometimes young people live out the dreams of their parents, but you'll never be fulfilled doing that. You've got to discover the dream God's put in your heart and then fulfill that. And so that requires taking responsibility for my life to begin to search the desires, search the passions, search the things that stir me, search the things that upset me until I begin to start to identify that's what God is calling me to do. And of course, if I can connect with God, God can then enhance it and just bring it to another level altogether. Think about that. So I talked to one person today. I said, what do you got in your heart? And they could name it straight away. I said, you'll do it too. But between the dream and its fulfillment, then there's a lot of work. So if you've got a dream, write it down. How many got a dream of accomplishing something? That's fantastic. Good. Write it down and live in it. Start to think about it and get in. I saw a little video clip a while ago. I haven't been able to find the thing. I'd love to see it. You know what this guy had a dream of doing? He had a dream of dancing in every country in the world. That was hilarious. And anyway, for some, some I didn't see how it all happened. But some, in some kind of way, he just dreamed about, and he, I want to go to every country in the world, and I want to dance. I almost want to dance. Now, he couldn't dance for nuts. He was just hopeless, you know, just, you know, kind of thing like that. He said, I want to dance every country in the world. Well, some company, I think it was a, you know, fizzy drink company or something like that, sponsored him to fulfill his dream. And this clip shows you, and it shows you all these countries of the world. He got Chinese there, and they're sort of doing their little dance too. And there he is dancing. And it shows him in all these different countries of the world. And he's just gathered a few people around in a street, and he's doing a dance, and someone's videoing it. And he's got all of these countries, one after the other, after the other, after the other, in front of fountains, down by the sea, in different countries all around the world. Even in, even in Korea, on the, bound, on the border of North Korea, there's one solitary guard there, and he's doing this dance. There he is. He's in Korea and he's doing his dance, and this guy's holding a gun and looking at him like that. And and but he fulfilled his dream, and it was a it was a silly little thing really, just to dance in every part of the world. You've got him in Egypt, you've got him all over the place, just doing a dance, silly little dance. But it was a dream. He just wanted to do it. Now imagine if someone could be inspired to resource a foolish dream like that. How much more could money flow to a big? an important dream that you could have in your heart. Think about that. So get your dream. Begin to dream about it, think about it, ponder on it, see it. Let yourself see yourself in it. What sort of person would you need to be to fulfill that dream? What kind of skills would you need? What kind of attitudes would you need? How big would you need to be? Begin to think that way. Think that way. So number one, you need to dare to dream. Now, of course, some people can't dare to dream because they've never been allowed to. 
And in this case, you need that thing broken off your life and need to break into dreaming, dreaming about your possibilities. I had one person, and uh, we were talking to them, and, uh, and we were ask, I was asking the person about their future and their, their past and their background and so on, and, and, uh, and I began to say, well, you know, what sort of man are you kind of thinking to marry? And, uh, and this girl said, well, the one God, God's got for me. I said, well, that's unfortunate, really, because actually what you're going to do is you're going to drift to where you actually your internal settings are. You're just going to draw to your life not the very best, you're going to draw to your life what matches the brokenness already in your life. That's what will happen. So I said, this is what you can be. That young man will be alive today. So what qualities would he have? Why don't you identify them and write down four or five qualities and begin to pray over that man and begin to call into being that man into your life. Okay, pray. And then once you've got that real clear and you're praying that and blessing that young man and praying God's hand on his life and you've got that picture, you've got a dream, you've got a vision of what you want. See, when you say you leave it up to God, God doesn't operate that way. Well, I just leave it up to God to get the right one. I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. If you leave it up to God to get the right husband, you won't get the right husband. You won't. Think about this. Because God will never do for you what He expects you to do for yourself. God will never violate your being a human being that has responsibility. He's not, he's not someone we say, just do it all for me and leave me out of it. I'll just pray and you'll bring it all to me. It doesn't work like that. What it works like this, it works through faith. God, I'm believing for such a man. God, I'm believing for this kind of person. God, I'm looking for this kind of person. God, I'm calling that person in my life. I'm believing this is what you have for me. Think about that. You see, so what I find among many Christians is we pray and leave up to God what God says, you've got to have a major part in it. And if you're praying and leaving it up to God, I'm sorry, you're going to get the best thing that matches where you are now and your brokenness. The next thing I said is now, if you're going to have such a person like that, what kind of person do you need to, ma need to be to marry such a person? What kind of woman would you need to be? Why don't you begin to pray and begin to work to build those qualities into your life? So now you're praying and calling into your life the very best, your dream, and asking God to help you. But how does God help you? He works with that person. And so when that person sees you, they, he just knows you're the right one. Where he works with that person. He sets up the meeting. You've got to think about these things. But if you just leave it to God, you find nothing will happen because faith doesn't operate that way. If you leave it to God to get you a job, you find not a lot happens. You've got to go looking and put your faith into action. You're going to think, what am I looking for? Right? Begin to start to get specific and then start to take some action. You have to do what you can. In other words, God doesn't want you to be a slave. He wants you to participate with Him in your life. So if you have a dream, begin to get, dare to dream. Dare to think about it and get it specific. What will it look like when I'm in it? Then I'll know what it is when I'm in it, eh? Here's the second thing you need to do is speak your dreams, eh? Speak your dreams. Hebrews 11.3 says, The world that we see around us were framed or put into the place by the word God spoke, the rhema of God. So how did the world come into being? It was framed or put together or set in place by God speaking His word so that the things we see were made of things which we don't see. 
So in other words, what, what he's saying is this. He's saying the three-dimensional world is shaped by speaking from the realm of the Spirit into that world. So one of the things about your dream is you need to speak it. You need to speak it, declare it, even if it's only in your own bedroom. Speak it, call it into being, saying, this is my future. This is my destiny. This is what God has for me. I speak it into being right now. That's how faith operates. Faith speaks. See, you have to speak. Why? Because your speech center is the center of so much of what operates in your life. But your words are a channel for your spirit, and they set in motion things around you. Think about this. You end up being married because you spoke words. No words, you didn't get married. Think about it. You don't get married unless you've spoken words. Much of what we happen in life doesn't take place unless we speak words. You build everything with words. You build relationship with words. You build life with words you speak. So from the realm of the Spirit, we need to speak the dream. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it and hold it. I found people don't speak. So I'll ask them, what do you dream? And they can't answer at all. So if they can't answer it, one, it's not clear, and two, they're not speaking it, and three, it's not happening. It's true. But when I hear someone, hey, what's your dream? Well, this is what I'm dreaming about. And they're speaking it straight out, and you can tell that they're praying it and being specific in it. You know something is being set in motion to set their world in alignment and frame their world so the thing they dream and believe for and speak over, that's starting to come into being. Come on, it doesn't mean there's no problems on the way, of course. But that's okay. We want to hold the Word of God. So what are you speaking? What are you saying? Speak it. Give voice to the dream. Here's the third thing. Need to work towards the dream. Oh, my goodness. Work. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 3, it says, A dream comes into being because you're very, very busy working at it. Eh? 3, 5, is it? Oh, well, that's good. You know the verse. There it is. So there it is, Ecclesiastes. Now, so that means you need to have some kind of steps you're taking to fulfill your dream. So if I was to ask you, what are you setting in place now to fulfill your dream? If you've got no plan, it's not happening. You're in your head. You actually have to get out of your head and then get down to, what must I do today to get me to where I'm about to go? You've got to put a plan in place. You've got to think about some things. So do you have any goals? One of the things that setting goals does is it, it begins to focus your life and starts to get every day counting towards something happening. But if we don't set any goals, we get nowhere. So God expects us to not only plan and to dream with Him and to envisage what we're looking for and to speak it into being, but then to begin to think how it's going to come about and begin to make steps towards it. I was quite intrigued. I had a team that I took overseas, and about two years ago we talked about fundraising, having money for the trip. And I found everyone said, yeah, well, believe God for the finance. Wonderful. I said, that's great. But faith without works is dead. Have a plan to get the money. And so about a year later, or just over a year later, uh, I said to them, money will come to the dream if you're doing something. So I said, even if it seems beyond what you could ever imagine, if you'll just be doing what you can and have a goal of working towards things, it will start to attract into you what you need. And so anyway, we got there after about a year or just over a year, about 15 months, and we had a gathering, and I said, well, how are we going in finance? And there was this sort of quietness descended on everyone. And I thought in my heart, uh-oh, <laughs> we're not doing too good at all. And no one would talk too much about that. 
But in the end it came down that for some, they were still believing God. But you see, faith without action is not going to cut it. There's someone else and I was talking with them and they'd gone home from that meeting and they said, man, I need to really do something. And, and so they began to just, they began to pray. They began to get ideas. They began to put some ideas into place. They began to pray for work. Within three days, three weeks, they got a job, began to get some work, began to save. They began to busk and do some. And after a little while, they'd saved a certain amount. And you know what happened? God added in all the rest. Absolutely extraordinary. See? So, because, notice this, had a dream, speak the dream, let people know about the dream, then begin to do something to the dream, then gradually God began to do the rest and bring it in. That person had the trip of their life. Isn't that fantastic? If you don't do anything, nothing's going to happen. So what are you doing to work towards your dream? What is your dream? Well, for some people, their dream is just to get boozed on Sunday night, Saturday night. Well, good on you. You know, Sunday morning will be a bad morning, and so we might even see you here Sunday night after the headache's gone. But that's not how you're going to win your life. It's not how you're going to win in life, doing that kind of stuff. We need to actually get somewhere we're going somewhere. Why would you join the crowd that's going nowhere? Why would you join the crowd that's going downhill? Why would you join the crowd that's actually destroying their future? Why, why do that? Why would you do such a thing? Why not make a stand and say, well, guys, you know, you guys want to do that, but that's not me. I'm going somewhere with my life. I'm not going to be a loser in life. I'm going to win in life. I've got a dream. And people, now you see, here's the thing where you have to hold your dreams. If you haven't got a dream, you've got nothing to hold on to anyway. But if, you, if you've got a dream, you'll have to hold it. You will have to hold the dream. Why will you have to hold the dream? Because I can tell you between when you dream and when you speak and when you plan, there's going to be lots of things happen to try and get you off course. In the book of Ezra, in chapter 4, Ezra had a dream, a God-given dream. And in that God-given dream, he saw himself going back. And he saw himself going back to Jerusalem out of Babylon. He saw himself going back there. And he saw himself rebuilding the house of God. And the Bible says there were people there. And the people came to him. And this is what they said, we want to build with you. And he said, no, I know exactly what I want to do. I'm not having this thing compromised at all. And so it says this. It said, they hired counselors to frustrate their purpose. Now what will happen is, if you have a God-given dream, if you have some dream in your life, I can guarantee there'll be demonic spirits start buzzing around like flies, and they'll have one thing in mind, they will want to stop you, frustrate you, discourage you, so you let go the dream before the dream is manifest. It's right through the Bible. You find no one with a great dream that didn't also have with it tremendous adversity, pressures, opposition, and difficulties. Now that opposition and that difficulty is there for a purpose. If the devil could get his way, he's just going to steal your dream. There's many dream thieves. Take away your dream. But God allows it. You say, why would God put a dream in your heart then let people treat you so badly? Why would God speak to Ezra to go there and build this thing and then he would have all this opposition to frustrate them? Very simply, for you to fulfill your dream, if it's a God-given dream, you've got to become a bigger person than you are. And you become a bigger person than you are by overcoming resistance and difficulty. So the very thing that comes against you to be a difficulty is the thing that will grow you if you get hold of God. See, to become the kind of person that you can fulfill the dream. 
You see, if you have a dream, for example, of, say, managing a great company, and tell you one thing for sure, it's a great dream, but it'll never happen unless you change. You have to grow, grow in capacity, grow in heart, grow in strength, grow in vision, grow in faith, grow in skills, a whole range of things you've got to grow in. So to fulfill the dream, you have to grow. To grow, you need something to push on you that you get a bit of fight, get a bit of steel in, get a bit of resilience in, get a bit, bit tough on the inside. So it said they hired counselors to frustrate them. Now, one of the things that happens, how many people ever felt frustrated about something? You know, you've got a plan to get to work on time, and then there's a whole row of cars you never expected, and you get irritated, and you get frustrated that you can't get past them. Now, that's a normal thing in life. And there's a spirit comes. I might share on this a little more another time. But there's a spirit will come to frustrate you. What does it do? It works on your emotions to get you fired up inside so you start to get reactionary and then do something goofy to destroy your dream. Something goofy like quitting. Something goofy like going off course. Something goofy like leaving where God called you to be and going somewhere else. I've seen it over the years. People just, when the pressure came on and they got frustrated because their progress was hindered, in the end, it just got so much in them, they began to react and then spun off course. Tragic. So always there's going to be resistance to the dream. Have a think about some of the people in the Bible. Did Joseph just walk from his dream and go straight to the top? Straight, I'm going to the top. Man, I got a dream. I'm going to lead the rule and I'm going to be in a place of governance and, and leadership over so many people. He didn't just go there, did he? Where did he go? He went down to Egypt as a slave. And then where did he go? He went down into jail as a criminal. Then where did he go? Down to the bottom part of the jail. And then when he tried to help himself out, he got frustrated another two years. But then a time came, and the Bible said, through all this time, Psalm 105, the dream was being refined. The word that God spoke to him, the dream he had in his heart, he was holding that dream. He was developing inner character. He was developing his faith. He was developing his perseverance. And then a day came, and suddenly the dream's in place. Just suddenly. You want to suddenly do the hard yards, begin to work in secret when there's no one around to look. You know, I got a degree that no one said I could ever get. And not only that, I got it with distinction, and no one ever thought I could ever do that. Got a master's degree with distinction. You know what? And I look back and I think, I don't know how I did. And then I realized what it was was this I just was determined I was not going to quit. I'd just hold on and make it. I had to make it through a lot of difficult times, a lot of heartaches and difficult pressures and things. But it was great fun as well. And I had another dream. I had a dream of going to Antarctica, and someone paid for it, and I went down there twice. It was lovely. All to fulfill the dream of getting a degree. But there's some difficulties on the way. You've got to hold your dream. How do you hold your dream? Keep talking to God about your dream. Keep talking to God about your dream. Hold your dream. Keep seeing your dream, meditating on your dream in your heart. That's one way. Keep speaking it over your life. Keep speaking it over your life. Speak miracles over your life if that's your dream. Speak over your life the things that God has said would happen. And then finally, you need to enlarge your heart. You know about Job, it says, it said, when he prayed for his friends. Now, if you've got a lot of people putting you down and making fun of you, it's not easy to pray God will bless them. You think something else, actually. God, prove I'm right and they're wrong. God, get them. God, get them. Reap what they deserve. You see, Job didn't do that. said when he prayed blessing on his friends, God gave him twice what he had. When Joseph 
saw his brothers. He said, it wasn't you did this. It was God sent me ahead of you. And just get over. I've gotten over it. I've moved on. You guys need to move on as well. Do you understand there's a huge work done in his heart? You need that to happen in your heart. So maybe the very challenge you're facing right now, the very difficulty you're facing right now, is the very thing that God is using to grow you to be the person that will live in that dream. What about that? Hey, there it is. So, and here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. Keep speaking over your dream and stay committed to it or it'll never come about. It's so easy on the way to just lose heart, be discouraged, be frustrated. Frustration is one of the biggest assignments to come against your dream. Things that get in the way, things that give you setbacks, people that let you down, things that happen that seem to block what you're doing. I can remember that uh, when we were in Dannybeck, we had a dream for a Christian school. And that dream required we buy a piece of land. Well, you know, I would have thought buying a piece of land was quite easy. And so we had a piece of land line up. And, you know, I went through battle after battle after battle, went right through the high court in London. And after seven years, we still didn't have a piece of land. How about that? You suffer on the inside, but you've got to hold a dream that you can still do it. Then we set our eyes on another piece of land. We had battle after battle after battle after battle. And so I did nine years to buy one piece of land. And I got it by the skin of my teeth. We got it in the end of November, and we had to have a school up in two months on that piece of land. Two months to put a whole school up. Two months to take a piece of land, break it in, get it drained off, get it set up. You know, but in two months, we did it. But oh my, that dream was there for years. But we finally did it. I wonder what dream you've got in your heart, and I wonder what's come to frustrate you. In that time of frustrating frustration, you get, you get a whole lot of emotions. You get upset, you get angry. You get discouraged, you get disheartened. You have all these things happen. But if you can just go back. And in the end, I had to stand up and say, God, you have put that dream in my heart. I refuse to believe you'll not bring it about. I will hold that dream. And I'm going to do things that people will think are crazy. And I'm going to believe that that dream will come about. And so we built buildings with no piece of land. We had no land whatsoever, and yet we constructed the frames of buildings, had the design of buildings in place, had all the framework up, had everything ready, but no piece of land. And then we got our land, and then the buildings went up, and then we had our miracle. See, you have to be able to hold on to your dream. When everyone and everything else is against it, you're determined. God has put this in my heart. I want this. I'm committed to this. I'm praying about this. I'm meditating on this. I'm speaking this over my life. And I will persevere through opposition and resistance until my dream becomes reality. Now, that's how people succeed in life. Try and find anyone in the Bible who didn't succeed going through a similar process. They're hard to find. They're hard to find. Moses, Abraham. Think of Abraham. A dream. A dream of having a son, and he's already about 90, and he's nearly 100 when he has the son. Think about what he went through at that age, looking at his body and thinking, man, how can I have a son? Look at my wife. She's 92. You know, how can, I, how can we have children? But you see, he held the promise of God, and he held a child. But you see, Abraham's story is really a story about a man who learned how to believe God and hold a dream that God had put in his heart. Man, the Bible's full of this. And I tell you what, 
God has a dream for your heart too. Have you got that dream yet? Have you got any dream? If you haven't, the crowd are taking you where they dream of, which is the party. The crowd is taking you where they dream of, which is just living it up and not making your life count. The crowd is taking you where they're going into place of problems and isolation and death. But listen, friend, why not make a decision? I will be a dreamer, a person of possibilities who believes God.